What is up, people? This is The Attack. I am Sean Williams. Got a lot to talk about with heading into this weekend with Survivor Series, and of course I'm joined by my good friend and Sergeant-in-Arms, John J.P. Merrick. J.P., let's get started with this thing. Party time, Wayne. Party time, Garth. All right, let, without further ado, first, let's dive into the feeding frenzy. You're going to need a bigger boat. First, first topic. Daniel Bryan is in. Becky Lynch is out. Becky Lynch is out with a broken nose and a concussion thanks to a forearm from Nia Jax during the women's division brawl on Monday Night Raw. And Daniel Bryan not only turned heel, but takes the WWE title away from AJ Styles and now is setting up for Daniel Bryan versus Brock Lesnar at Survivor Series. JP, what in the hell is going on here? Well, you see, what ha happened was Monday night, Nia Jax got a little frisky and decided to cold cock Becky Lynch. In turn, knocking out Becky Lynch from the match that I think everybody was looking looking forward to seeing, Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey. And last night, now... I've been seeing a lot of people absolutely shitting on the fact that Daniel Bryan turned heel. I like it, and I'm going to tell you why. We haven't seen Daniel Bryan as a heel since he was doing the no, no, no. It's something fresh. It's not like a big show who turns heel and face every five seconds. It's something that we have not seen in a while, and I think it might lead, it might turn into something else we haven't seen in a while, which is a Miz face turn. That is interesting, and I do agree in the sense that Big Show has had more heel turns than Ric Flair has had marriages. I think in the minute or so it took me to state that Big Show turned face just to turn back heel again. Well, that's a new record. Yeah. But, you know, I will say this, that um, regarding, well, of course, we'll talk more about with Nia Jax and that situation, but, I, but yeah, they were, I mean, Ronda Rousey, that, she pretty much speaks for herself, and Becky Lynch is red, was, or is red hot right now, and this just completely, well, Nia Jax didn't just cold cock Becky Lynch. She pretty much cold cocked this whole thing because now they, now they have to have the match they were probably saving for WrestleMania, which is Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte. Now they have to have that now because th this this that forearm shot might as well have been a monkey wrench into the works. Now, as far as Daniel Bryan, you know, reportedly he wanted to turn heel, and he's been asking for this for weeks, and I'm not against it either. And, you know, years ago, when Roman Reigns won the Royal Rumble, kind of ruined the comeback for Daniel Bryan, and stopped us from getting Brock Lesnar versus Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania, we're getting that match at Survivor Series. And, truthfully, ever since Daniel Bryan came back, 
I thought the last person that he was going to take on in a match was Brock Lesnar. Yeah. And this is going to be like the ultimate David versus Goliath, but in the end, Daniel Bryan's going to die. Yeah, I mean, but also, this kind of puts WWE in the clear, because they were going to be faced with a situation of, do they really have Brock Lesnar go over AJ Styles again, when they've been doing all this to build up AJ into the champion that he is? And, you know, the other thing also is that, what about what does this do for AJ now that he's no longer the champion? AJ Styles will be fine. Losing the belt is not going to hurt him. If anything, you're going to have people wanting him to chase after it to get that belt back. And, you know, with what you said about a Miz face turn, that would be an interesting way of seeing it with him as the face and Daniel Bryan as the heel. The only concern I have is, can they really get... the? Can WWE really get the crowd to turn against Daniel Bryan? They were booing pretty hardcore on last night. I did notice that after he started beating down on AJ right after the match. Because, and I think that that's probably where that worked, as opposed to with Becky Lynch turning heel and that failed. Because... The fans were pretty much dumping on Charlotte, as opposed to in this case with AJ Styles, they were still cheering AJ, and we're going to cheer, and we're going to cheer for him no matter what. Absolutely. But it does it it does change things, and it's definitely a whole new ball game heading into Survivor Series. Oh, absolutely. And it's left a lot of intrigue, but you know. Let, you're saying that Daniel Bryan's going to get killed against Brock Lesnar, but here's the thing. We also, also should consider the other scenario. What if he actually pulls it off? Uh. That would be a stunner. Because uh. let's not forget, he's a heel now. He's not opposed to fighting dirty as we clearly saw and how he won the belt. Yes. Now, you know who is the real loser in all of this? Tell me. AJ Styles' testicles. Yeah, and you know, can can we please stop with the nutshot being the the golden ticket to a heel turn? There are other last I checked, there are other ways of turning heel than kicking a guy in the nuts. just seems to be the way though like and it's, it seems to always happen to AJ it all, yeah I mean the guy either needs to start taking an investment in, in a cup or we have to probably consider that now at his age Vince McMahon has an obsession with balls maybe he's going through a late, a late life crisis yeah well I would say soon he, at his age, at some point, it'll be an end-life crisis, but knowing him, but knowing him, he's too stubborn to die. But now, I'm doing a little reading right here. I'm scrolling.
scrolling through the Facebook. Right. Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey reportedly considered for WrestleMania 35's main event. Well, what's the source? You also got to consider that. I've been seeing it multiple places. Okay. If it was one, so, I would question it, but if that's the case, that could be something. And, you know, the other thing also is that we should, we should also realize here with Ronda Rousey now in the, on the WWE's roster, now they have an excuse to, they don't have an excuse to not have a women's main event at WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. They have somebody that will draw, and she will. She will absolutely draw. Oh, God, yes. But, um, and you know, I saw the exchange between Al- Brian Alvarez and Ryback over the whole Nia Jax situation, but yes. we'll talk about that in a bit, but definitely Survivor Series is shaping up to be something quite different, and that people's the feeding frenzy. Alright, so, like, like I was saying, Nia... Nia Jax with her stiff forearm shot pretty much derailed the Becky Lynch-Ronda Rousey match, and many people are sounding off on it. Brian Alvarez, of course, went on Twitter just berating Nia Jax and even calling for her termination from the, from the company, while Ryback was actually quick to stick up for her. But, you know, I gotta ask you, JP, how much trouble is Nia Jax in? Nia's gonna catch heat. I don't think she's gonna be terminated. I think Brian Alvarez is a tool bag, personally, but like it's like people have said accidents happen, which I get. However, that was a stiff ass shot. Like Nia Jax should know better. The problem is Naya also has a history of injuring people. Granted, it's not on purpose, and I'm I'm not saying it is. But before this, I could have possibly seen her as the one to dethrone Ronda Rousey. Now, no chance. Yeah, you know, I hear... I know that accidents happen in wrestling and stuff happens in it, but there are some things like like when you throw a punch or throw a kick where I feel like the that accidents happen is kind of a fluid term there. I mean, when you throw a shot like that, and in the case of Nia, when you throw a forearm shot like that, then you should know how much how much force you're putting into it. That wasn't even a forearm. That was a punch. And the other thing, yeah, but the other thing I was reading also was that there was no real heat on her at first. But then then when fan footage leaked onto the internet showing the shot, that's when everything changed. Oh, absolutely. Like, that was a... Like, I watched it for the first time yesterday... And I was just like, holy shit. Yeah, that's one, that was just, 
To me, that was less of an accident and more her being careless and or reckless in, in that. And she ruined their money match that was going to be at Survivor Series. And I'm sure WWE was brass was banking on that one a lot. Oh, absolutely. However, much I do agree about Brian Alvarez. I put him in the same category as David Meltzer, where I think they're both just total gas bags. And I'm not even going to get started on my feelings about Ryback. But, Ryback um, follows me on Twitter. Okay, so I'll let you plead. I'll let you plead the fifth on that one. Yes, please. But um, but I unlike Alvarez, I am not calling for Nia Jax's termination. Plus, she's still related to The Rock. Do you really want to incur... Does WWE really want to incur his wrath if they fire her? Yeah, no. But, um... I do think whatever push she was going to get after winning that battle royal at Evolution and whatever they were doing with her and Tamina, I would expect that to be completely derailed. But I also... No. no. I'm sorry, I like I like Tamina's old music. Yeah. yeah. But the other thing also, I don't... I also don't think that, um... Some have said, send her back down to NXT. I don't think that's going to happen either. No, absolutely not. I mean, what would be the point of that? I mean, part of the problem with, send it, with her in NXT was she had no competition. It was kind of in the same category when Baron Corbin was was in NXT, was that who could you really have compete against him? Exactly. So, I don't... Again, I, I do think that Nia Jax does... I do believe she's got heat on her and that she is... I would be stunned if she's not in big trouble with this. Because not only did they ruin their money match for the women, they also... They also had her lay out and take out the the woman who the one woman who is just red hot right now in Becky Lynch. They they were seeing that this girl is money and how much star power she has, and now that's complete. Um, her run has just gone up and just been completely derailed thanks to that stupid punch from Nia Jax. I don't think it's necessarily. Derailed? Well, I mean, I'm sorry, derailed may not be the best term. Halted. Yes. It's definitely got the brakes on it thanks to Nia, which is the last thing they wanted to do right now, especially with how red hot Becky Lynch is. Yeah, I think they're going to sit Becky out for a couple weeks. Possibly have her back by, say, like TLC. Let her go right back on track. Let her beat up the faces. Let her beat up the heels. Just let her keep being the man. I will say this about Becky Lynch. <laughs> Concussion and broken nose. She's where, she's owning it like a champ. Oh, absolutely. That girl's hardcore. But with that being said, let's get into the next segment. This is my mic drop moment of the night. Let the battle come 
Dean Ambrose finally gives his reason for why he betrayed Seth Rollins, saying that being part of the Shield made him weak, that being friends with Seth Rollins and even with Roman Reigns made him weak, calling them brother made him weak. He even proceeded to take his vest from the Shield, throw it into a flaming can after dousing it with gasoline, and send it into blaze. JP, I don't know about you, man. I'm digging this. It was deep, and I enjoyed it. See, this is why I think that, yeah, we've seen Dean Ambrose versus Seth Rollins before, but this is adding a whole new layer and a whole new level to it. I honestly think that we are going to see a whole new side of this rivalry, and let's face it, as a face, the crowd is totally behind Seth Rollins, and Ambrose is getting some natural heat, and I think that they're going to be che- they're going to be cheering for Rollins to just take Ambrose's head off. Oh, absolutely. And but also, this leaves a door open when it, when Roman does come back. You got the people hating on Ambrose so badly. He, whenever Roman comes back, you know he'll gun for Ambrose and. They will go ballistic when he returns. Oh, yeah. The pop that he's going to get when he comes back is going to be, like, bigger than Triple H returning 2002 at MSG. Yeah, because, you know, here's the difference with, I mean, we've seen Roman gone before and still got more of the same crap. But I think what was different, I mean, what's different here, when he left and he relinquished the belt, we got we didn't get a character or something forced. We got the real guy. And I think part of the problem in why his push didn't work is because not, it didn't feel authentic. It didn't feel organic to the crowd. Yeah. They were okay. seeing right through it. We got the real guy here when he, when he relinquished the belt and was straight with everybody. To, come on! When he left, they were chanting "Thank you, Roman." They weren't chanting. They weren't chanting that song "Na na 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 goodbye." They were actually thanking him, and they hated the fact that he had to walk away. Yeah, because they would have much rather seen him like lose the title his own way, being in the middle of the ring, pinfall submission. And not be that. Yeah, I mean, look, it's like I said on the last podcast I did, or last episode I did, is that as much as many of us hated the way he was being booked and how he was being pushed to the moon, nobody, there is nobody that wanted this. Oh, no. I mean, some may talk a big game and say that they wish that they wish it, but wishing it and actually meaning it I guarantee you nobody's got the balls to do that. Oh, oh, absolutely not. I mean, I myself, I didn't like the way he was being booked, but but this? I mean, I would never wish that on anybody, not even somebody I truly hated. Yeah, no. But the fact is is that with with Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins with this rivalry, I mean, this couldn't have been done any better. 
I, I agree wholeheartedly, and I want to see this feud last. Maybe even possibly see Ambrose take the Intercontinental title from the King Slayer, from Mr. Burn It Down. Oh, I think that's going to be in the cards. That eventually, that he's going to take the belt from Rollins, and a large chunk of it is going to be Rollins fighting to get that belt back. Yeah. And that, people, is my mic drop moment of the night. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, this is Brian H. Waters, and you're listening to The Shark Attack with Sean Williams. Smile, you son of a All right, and we're back, people. So, we, with all that being said, I'm going to talk a little bit before I get into the next segment about NXT TakeOver, which is, of course, this weekend. And yes. And it's, of course, in my, neck, in my neck of the woods. But, you know, let me ask you, what match are you looking for? I'm not going to do a whole prediction show, JP, but what match are you look, looking forward to most from TakeOver this weekend? I want to see Velveteen Dream versus um, uh, Ciampa. You know, I got to give credit to NXT. They have they have been doing a good job of having Ciampa as the top heel champion without having to have Johnny Gargano chasing after him. And, you know, I wasn't the biggest fan of Velveteen Dream in the beginning, but he's definitely come around. I mean, I think he's gone nowhere but up ever since his match with Ricochet. And, or actually, I'll go sooner. Since his match with Aleister Black. Yeah, at TakeOver last year. Mm-hmm. And so, he's just gone um, up everywhere from, I mean, the ladder match, the match with Ricochet, you name it. He's just, he's elevated himself. I'm going to let you in on a, on a prediction here. Yep. The winner of the match. And new NXT champion. The Velveteen Dream. That's a bold prediction. You really think they're actually gonna they would actually take the belt off of off of Champa? It's a matter of Dream is so over right now in NXT. It's an interesting point. I mean you could, could go out there and say I farted and the crowd would would ooh and ah. That's a valid point on that one. I mean, I'll admit, in the beginning, I didn't think anybody was going to take the belt off of Tommaso Ciampa other than Johnny Gargano. But with the way they're with what they're doing with Gargano right now, I have no clue what, what the hell's going to happen. So at this point, you know what? I don't think your prediction is all that far-fetched. But, you know, I... I it's a solid lineup, no matter what. Um, oh yeah. I am look. I'm also looking forward to Johnny Gargano versus Alistair Black. And to this day, I still wince every time I hear a kick connect from Alistair Black. Oh, okay, yeah, absolutely. Those kicks scare me. But you know, also, 
I think I'm more intrigued by this War Games matchup than... I mean, not that they were... Not that the previous ones they've done have been bad, but... I think I'm more intrigued into this War Games match than I have in the past. Yeah, see, last year's was good. I didn't like the three-team format. I like... I like it better this year because it brings it back to the more traditional. The two teams of four. Yeah, I didn't like the three-team thing either. I thought that was ask that was trying to squeeze in too much. But also, we're getting all four members of Undisputed reunited now that Bobby Fish is back. Yes. And you have four incredible opponents again. Against them in Pete in Pete Dunn in Ricochet and the War Raiders War Machine. <laughs> hey, I'll still call on that. I don't care. What's Vince gonna do? Sue me? <laughs> Sue me and get what? I say he tries suing me. He ain't getting much at all. To quote Rock, to quote, <laughs> to quote uh, Rocky Balboa and Rocky Five. Sue me for what? Exactly. And no, I'm not going to repeat that. I'm not an impressionist. But, um... And it was one of the only redeeming things of Rocky V. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, Rocky V didn't have much. Yeah, it was basic, basically a... Getting a root canal done by Freddy Krueger with a shaky hand would be less painful. But, um... I mean, I like the idea of having all four members of Undisputed in action, and we're well over a year since they arrived. I mean, they debuted and they came together in, in at SummerSlam last year, but the, I'm so like I said, it's over a year, a year and some change. She's been out since what the start of this year or the end of last year? Um, I believe at the start of the year. Actually, it may have been sooner because they he got injured around the time with the Dusty Rhodes Classic, so it might have been sooner than that because he got because. He got injured, um, and I guess, um, remember they did a three-team match to determine the new champions and the winner of the Dusty Rhodes Classic, and that was when Roderick Strong turned against Pete Dunne. Yeah, okay, so that was, that was TakeOver, um, the Mania TakeOver, TakeOver New Orleans. Right. Okay, so it was, it was with, so it was not at the start of the year, but earlier in the year. He, but Fish has been gone for a while, and I'm, yeah. I couldn't be happier to see him back in action. Yeah, me too. And I will say that having Roderick Strong join Undisputed has probably been the best thing that could have happened for him. I mean, Roddy was already doing well, but this just kind of took him to a whole new level. Roddy plays a better natural heel. I've watched his work in Ring of Honor where he was a face, where he was a heel. 
He seems to be better in the heel persona. I would agree. As I mean, he I'm and I'm not saying this is a negative. He kind of has kind of a wooden personality, but as and it suits him better as a heel than it does as a face. Yeah. But um, you want to talk about how over Velveteen Dream is? Is there anybody that is? One guy that is just as over that the crowd just eats out of his hand, and I think I think I know who you know who I'm talking about in four simple words. Bask in my glory. Well, not quite those words, but eh, close enough. I was I was gonna say. <clears throat> Adam Cole, baby. That was close. Yeah, like I said, close enough. But seriously, I mean, the impact that... I mean, the guy has not had one bad match since he debuted in NXT. No. I don't think... Not only has he not had a bad match in him since he debuted in NXT, I don't think the guy is even capable of having a bad match. No. I mean, I'll go as far as to say, that match with him and Ricochet one-on-one, I'll say that's a match of the year candidate. Oh, God, yes. That super kick is still talked about to this day. Uh-huh. Which I'm still surprised that Ricochet didn't just snap his freaking neck with that. Yeah, really. I mean, the timing you'd have to get down for that to actually work is crazy. But let me ask you something. If Velveteen Dream does not take the belt off of Tommaso Ciampa, who will? I would say Keith Lee. Hmm. Yeah, I don't... Well, if he didn't... If he didn't have the North American title, I'd say Ricochet's claiming it. But he'd have to drop that belt first before I can see him do that. But Keith Lee, that's kind of that's kind of bold. Yeah. Well, it's not. Well, then again, it's not like you said Matt Riddle. Not yet. Yeah, now we can agree that's way too early. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But you figure Kevin Owens got the title within being in NXT two months, or being on NXT TV, I should say. Well, he had the right thing going for him. I mean, he he made an impact by laying out Sami Zayn the same night he won the belt and just crippling him. True. And Kevin Owens is just that kind of guy where he he knows how to make something like that work. And truthfully, you know, his universal title reign, it was it was overshadowed by the list. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry. All due respect to Chris Jericho, but putting Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho together was a mistake cuz all it did was just kind of it put it left Kevin Owens kind of standing behind Chris Jericho. And nothing good came out of that because well, we had Goldberg win the universal title, then we had Brock win the universal title and have not seen it since.
Now that now that, with that being said, people, this brings me to the next segment, which is where we ask the question, who writes this crap? Who's in charge over there? This is aggravating me now. What, I can't count on you people? So, Stephanie McMahon kind of gave a little bit of an incentive and ultimatum to Braun Strowman from beating Baron Corbin so badly that he wouldn't be able to have an open casket funeral. The stipulations being that Team Raw wins, Braun will get his will be able to get these hands on Baron Corbin. But also, he beats Baron Corbin, he'll get his title shot. You know, I would be the the first thing I would think would be now Braun will finally get his chance, but I've I've thought that so many times and been disappointed. I just don't think it's going to I just stopped thinking that it'll happen. But the problem I have with it and why I said who writes this crap is by saying adding this stipulation, you pretty much solidified Team SmackDown is not beating Team Raw. So for that that's where I take issue with this and I mean, the question I have to you, JP, is where exactly do, are they going with this? Because we all know there's no way Baron Corbin's going to beat Braun. In fact, if anything, Braun's going to break him in half. Strowman gets his hands on Corbin, say TLC, demands the match for the Rumble. Brock maybe beats him there, maybe drops the title. But then, we go into WrestleMania with the possibility of Drew McIntyre winning the Universal title. Now, if there's anybody that screams being a top champion, it's Drew McIntyre. Absolutely. I mean, from even from his first run in WWE... I said that the guy had potential, given he wasn't what he is now. He's a much different cat than he was in his first WWE run. Oh, God, yes. The guy can go on the, in the ring. He can definitely go on the mic if you give him the chance to. I mean, from his mic work in the indies, even in TNA, that was one of the most intriguing things about him was that he, he could work magic on the microphone. After he left, when he left the WWE um, and went on the indies, he had like a career reemergence. He basically found himself. He found who he wanted to be. And it was none of this three-man band crap. It wasn't labeling himself the chosen one, he found he found himself, so to speak. Absolutely. And even when he talked on the microphone, you could just feel it. It just radiated. He found the passion. Yes. He, he found the passion, he found the hunger, and it worked. And I gotta tell you, you want to talk about wincing every time that Aleister Black lands one of his kicks... I kind of feel the same way about the Claymore kick. Oh, yeah. I mean, that thing is just brutal. And, like I said, the, um, 
I just feel like back on the topic is that you may you basically laid it out in on a silver platter that Team Raw's winning this thing. Yeah. So and not to mention SmackDown's won. Oh no, SmackDown won two years ago. Raw won last year. Yeah, and despite that, look, Raw is not the superior show to SmackDown right now. If Raw is such, if Raw is so fantastic, then why did Fox make the offer for SmackDown and not for Raw? Exactly. Because they, because there's more quality on SmackDown than there is on Raw, and and let's see, what other reason could I think of? Hmm. Let's see. What other reason is there? It seems like it would take a an hour, maybe. Notice the pun in there. Or the fact that their champion is actually on TV every week. That also. Yeah, that their ti- that the titles actually mean something on that show. Yes. I mean, off. I mean. People have forgotten that, almost forgotten that Seth Rollins is the Intercontinental Champion. And the Authors of Pain, does anybody really care? No. Or not so much that, it's that, who do, who do they have to compete? Yeah. They don't have any competition, that's the big issue. But anyway, people, that the fact that they made it... They took away the predictab- any unpredictability from the Team Raw, Team SmackDown match, whatever there was. They pretty much did that by adding those stipulations, and that's why I ask, who writes this crap? You know, JP, so before we wrap things up, so, you know, I was saying it on the last episode how with all these injuries going on, or some health injuries, whatever... I mean, you got Roman, who's who's away because of to fight leukemia. There's been, of course, the reports that Braun has some kind of knee injury, including multiple injuries. And then, of course, there's what happened with Triple H. And I know we talked about this on Facebook, but let me ask ask you again because the biggest problem is WrestleMania. They've already locked Batista to wrestle at WrestleMania. But now you don't have an opponent for him right now. So, who do you get? I would, I'm going to still stick to what I said to you. Give him Orton. Yeah, and the only issue I have with it is the fact that, well, definitely we, we, you can't give him John Cena. We've seen that too many times. But all. But my only issue with Randy Orton is we've seen that too, and it seems like any time that's happened, he ends up getting hurt. Hmm. Very true. But also in the same sense, we've seen Triple H Batista before. But there's an underlying theme in that, which is that Triple H has never beaten Batista. There's at least something there. Yeah, in a one-on-one match. Tag team matches, Triple H has pinned Dave Batista. True. That's a good point. But one-on-one, I think, counts more, at least in most people's eyes. But, um... You know, I mean, there's a core one other that I think somebody suggested was, what about The Rock? 
I don't see the yeah. point. I don't think there's a point in that one. Yeah, no. And but it's like I told you the two ideas that I thought of. One would be Brock, but not if he's holding the belt. Yeah. I mean, if he somehow, by some miracle, loses the belt before WrestleMania, I wouldn't be opposed to it. The beat, like I said, the beast versus the animal. But, I don't, again, unless he loses the belt before Mania, I don't see that happening. The other idea is Bobby Lashley. That could be a possibility. It's a match that, it's fresh, we've never seen it before, and there's plenty of time to build to it. And, you know, so many people are saying how they're irritated by Leo Rush. And I'm like, isn't that kind of the point? Lashley, Lashley, Lashley. I honestly like this role for Leo Rush. I like that they've given a mouthpiece for Bobby Lashley. Yes, God knows Lashley can't talk. No, and let's face it, his his day his run since he's debuted back in WWE, his run as a face stinks. I mean he I mean the guy just had no charisma, and how many times could you hear my man? Yeah. His, his run in TNA was more entertaining. At least then they gave him a catchy nickname called Walking Armageddon. That was good. Yeah, and you know, speaking of TNA, which briefly I'll say about this, you know, from what I've seen, it's been better than it has in previous years, to a degree. I'm not sure where they're going with the whole dark alley thing. I'm not against it. I'm just saying I don't know where they're going with it. Um, I don't know, but I met Allie last week, and she's very nice. She strikes me. I mean, I caught an interview with her and, uh, I believe... I think it was her and uh, Braxton Sutter on uh, Stone Cold's podcast, and both of the two seemed just completely down to earth. And of course, was I was a little jealous because I saw you actually met Jay and Mark, them boys from Sandy Fork, the Briscoes. Yes. Who I still think are arguably one of the best tag teams that I've seen in the last decade. And again, it's it's their adaptability, it's their variety, and just kind of, in terms of style, balanced to where they can just interchange it at will and make it work. They can either be agile or just be all-out brawlers. Yeah, I actually changed the, the background on my phone to that picture of me and the Briscoes. 
And like I told you, the first tag team title, or the first ROH pay-per-view I remembered seeing was when the Briscoes won the belts back from the American Wolves. And that was at a final battle show where pretty much everything went wrong. If memory serves. That was... Because that was... I believe that was the one where... Oh, no. No, that was a different pay-per-view. But... Because I was trying to remember which one... It was Final Battle, but I was trying to remember which one was the one where... Um... Where the main event was Austin Aries versus versus Tyler Black. Uh, I think that was 2010. Yeah, I'm trying to trying to remember if that... Because I remember the Briscoes got attacked by the Kings of Wrestling afterwards. But that... But no, that one where everything went... went where everything went wrong that night because of weather issues. That was when... Um, that was when... Chris Hero had that fight without honor with Eddie Kingston. Who, by the way, I think is seriously... I think Eddie Kingston is seriously underrated on his mic skills. He is. I mean, I I, I was entertained by his feud with Chris Hero because i never seen, like, a rivalry that bitter since uh, Dreamer and Raven. Oh, God, yes. But, you know... Like I mean, one match I heard is supposed to take place at the TNA Homecoming show. I still won't call it Impact, but um, is for the tag team titles LAX versus versus the Lucha Brothers, Pentagon Junior and Phoenix. I had the chance to meet them last week and I didn't, and I'm I'm gently kicking myself in the gonads for it. We all been there, but I'm, you know, I've warmed up to Santana and Ortiz. They truly deserve the title of being called LAX. And you know, Conan may not be physically able to uh to wrestle, but guy still knows how to be a great mouthpiece. Oh yeah. And I got to tell you that that match they had at Bound for Glory with the OGs, I'm surprised none of them died in that match. That was brutal for me to even watch. I only watched like clips of it and I was getting squeamish watching that. I'm like, okay, somebody's gonna die in this thing. I mean, I don't know whether I would shake the whoever came up with the idea of that match. I don't know if I would shake their hand or just sucker punch them saying, Are you insane? Yeah, really. <laughs> I mean,. But I'll give him credit for the creativity that nobody has ever had the balls to do that. To uncover the entire ring. I mean, I don't know if that's creativity or lunacy. <laughs> Maybe both. Eh, I'm going to lean towards both. Yeah. But um, before we wrap things up, let me ask you... Um, I mean, chances are you've probably seen more of it than I have, but how'd you rate uh, Johnny Impact's uh, world title run thus far? He's been defending the title. He's defended it so far against Ray Phoenix, defended it against Killer Cross. But he's got the big, he's got the test coming up at Homecoming. 
versus Weapon X. Against Brian freaking Cage. That's... I am intrigued by that one. But we also found out it looks like Taya Valkyrie will get a rematch against Tessa Blanchard. With an, another little added surprise. Yes, a special guest referee. <laughs> the pioneer and the revolutionary that made that made the women's division in that company. Gail freaking Kim. I mean, it's safe to say, you know, two different companies, but you could you could say how Trish and Lita pot were the pioneers for the women's division in WWE. Gail Kim is in that same league for what she did in TNA. I mean, without her, would there really be a, div a women's division? Nope. And I actually think um, in that match, I think Valkyrie claims it. Yeah, I think so. And a good friend of mine was saying to me about, because said not a not the biggest fan of Tessa Blanchard. That in terms of class, respect, and better attitude. Well, the class and respect part didn't exactly earn that from get that from her dad. No. Yeah, which I, I remember interviewing. I remember interviewing um, her dad on the old during the old podcast days, and couldn't have been more respectful. The guy was just a total class act. Yeah, I remember that. That falls in one of my favorite ones course along with the ones the interview both interviews with Adam Cole Christopher Daniels and uh Mike Bennett Daniels was good yeah and I remember Bennett saying that I'm, I'm hoping I could live up to that intro but you know of course one last thing before wrapping it and I know it keeps saying that but uh Lucha Underground also had a new world champion crowned Yeah, the one I saw was, of course, the former, the artist formerly known as Jack Swagger. Yes, Jake Strong now. Which I gotta say, you know, from what, I mean, in the clips that I've seen of him in Lucha Underground, I can't help but wonder, why the hell didn't we get this when he was in WWE? Yeah, really. He is, I mean, just personality and everything else, he's, it's a much different character than we got in, in in WWE from him. You know, when he when he got face to face with Baron Corbin, and of course that lasted a split second. Why the hell didn't we get that? I mean, seriously, seriously, did did WWE just not really utilize what the guy had, or? Did it take him leaving WWE before we saw this? It seems to be like a lot of people when they leave the WWE just get better. <laughs> yeah, look at look at Cody Rhodes. Case in point. Well, he in retrospect, he always had it. He just had to leave it to finally release all of it. And 
And tough break about him getting injured, though. Yeah, that sucks. But for, for the last time, people, because I know everyone keeps suspecting this, Cody Rhodes is not going back to the WWE. At least not right now. I think at least not for another year. Yeah, he's already said it. He's not going back. He's not ditching his brothers of the elite. Those were his, his words. Which, by the way, I still say one of the hot, in terms of tag teams, there's no hotter commodity than the Young Bucks. Exactly. They got the youth on their side. They got the skill. They, they crafted themselves. And, you know, I mean, WWE has their work cut out for them in making them an offer they can't ignore. Because they've ignored, seem to have ignored plenty from them so far. It's gonna, it's gonna take a lot. Yeah, but, and I'm also still curious to see where Adam Page goes. I think if it's anybody that goes, it's gonna be Page. Yeah, well, he hasn't re-signed with Ring of Honor, so he's a free agent. He can go wherever. But, um... But we'll see what happens. I mean, I wouldn't be su I wouldn't be too surprised if we see him arrive in NXT at some point. Yeah, that's a possibility. If he does go WWE, he's definitely hitting NXT first. Yeah. But with that being said, people, wrapping things up tonight. Of course, JP, anything you want to throw out there before we wrap it? I like tater tots. I'm stuck. <laughs> Okay, I'll throw out something. I'm stocking up Alka-Seltzer for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Alka-Seltzer and Pepto-Bismol, the ultimate dessert. Well, for Thanksgiving, anyway. <coughs> Don't, not giving anybody ideas here. But, anyway, uh, of course, check out my Facebook group, The Shark Attack, and, of course, check out my other one, Variety Bites. Make sure you also check out my latest episode of Variety Bites, where I dedicated the whole episode to the passing of the legend himself, Stan Lee. Which I honestly feel like that's probably one of the best ones that I've done. Not trying to boost an e ego here, I'm just stating fact that I felt like I couldn't have said it better than the way I did about Stan Lee. Yeah. I mean, JP, I know I've talked with you about it before, I know you're not, I mean... I don't think you're as big on the superhero stuff, but you at least knew enough of the of the man and what he did. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think anyone who wasn't a comic fan, even they knew the name and what he did. Oh, absolutely. Like, losing Stanley is just a huge loss. Yeah, I mean, the last the last loss I had that anybody felt like that was the loss of Adam West. Yeah. And he only did, like, he was only known for primarily the one character. Stan Lee's responsible for several. Hell, he's responsible for a whole comic book company, so that kind of speaks for itself right there. Exactly. But, like I said, people, that's going to... So that's going to do it. And of course, I'll have another episode of Variety Bites up this week. And I promise it won't be as kind of depressed. 
kind of sad or mourning over the loss of somebody. It'll be more of the same old shtick. In the meantime, this has been The Shark Attack. I am Sean Williams. This, And, of course, my sergeant-in-arms, John J.P. Mayer. And, people, yes. I am out of here. He was born perfect. And just like the great white shark, this guy has never had to evolve.